Are we on? Are we on? Are we live? We're live. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to this Wednesday webcast uh, live on Facebook and wherever else. I don't know. Is it on anywhere else? Don't think it is, is it? Oh, sure. Anyway, now I'm Scott Castanmeny, and he is Al Coates. And he has an MBE, apparently. And I have no B, but we won't go there tonight because I don't Too think soon. that's fair. It's yeah. still raw. So, Scott, I have to confess, I was really excited because you're normally reluctant to do webcasts. Um, <laughs> Am but, I? <laughs> well, sometimes, sometimes. But out of the blue, you said, let's do a webcast. Because I feel like you've got something to share, that you've got like some sort of um, perhaps a contrarian opinion about LGBTQ plus week. So, so it is, well, not it isn't LGBTQ. I'm, oh, it's going to get very oh, hard to say. It's a long acronym, that one, isn't it? But it's fostering adoption LGBTQ plus week, isn't it? I'm getting, I'm starting to get the, I, I forgive, please forgive me, everyone's. Uh, I think it's officially LGBT adoption and fostering week. Um, oh, right. I think that's the official title. So, yes, it is. Right. So this comes around every single year, and every single year we forget to record something in advance and miss the boat well and truly, totally. So, kind of, yeah, also so, recent years anyway. Yeah. Right. So I looked at the statistics, and something like in 2011 there was 31 adopted uh, children adopted from the LBT community, LGBT community. Um, so that's just looking at the statistics. The world has moved on. Come on then, Scott. Make sense of the the this week for us in terms of fostering and adoption. How is where are we up to? Why did you want to do a, a webcast? <laughs> Come on, you're evil. Sometimes you really are. You Come do on. that preamble. You said to me, "Shall we do a webcast on Wednesday?" And I went, "Yeah, let's." You said because I'd like to do it on LGBT. Anyway, um, so um, did you say there was thirty-one adoptions in twenty eleven? Is that something is that, like that? Or fifty-one? That or something like that. Yeah, Ooh, that's very low, isn't it? Anyway, so um, in twenty twenty-two, more than one in six—that's five hundred and forty out of two thousand nine hundred fifty adoptions in England—were granted to same-sex couples. So there you go. That's how that's that's the figures for twenty twenty-two. That's just in England, of course. That doesn't just happen in England. Um, <clears throat> and um, I haven't looked at all the stats, but the reason I wanted to chat about it really was because we're the 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 focus this year seems to be on uh, well I think it's called one two three or one two three four or something like that. It's, it's kind of looking at these um, uh, <laughs> sibling groups. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> haven't looked too much. And the thing is, as part as as somebody who did it so many moons ago. I've kind of lost interest in this. Um, this what? Kind of. Well, yes. And what I mean by I've lost interest, I've lost interest in the 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 excitement over being an adoptive parent. And I don't know if that's just because of experience and how it kind of came to be all those many moons ago. You know, I, we were one of the first three agents. Well, we were the first three agents, shall I say. So we were one of the very first. Okay. Um, and we've had chats about all this sort of stuff before. Yeah. Whether it's been private, maybe it was private. Maybe I was just, you know, that was in my functioning alcoholic days um, where I didn't realise what I was saying. I don't know, may have been. But there's just... I just think that we're kind of regurgitating stuff that actually, if we're looking for inclusion as um, a community, that this should fall in with just 
adoption rather than having its own specific week. That's my opinion. Shoot me, hunt me down, whatever. All right, but that is my well, opinion no, on it. It's really interesting because in the past when we've talked about doing LGBT, we've talked about sort of touching upon this subject and issues. And as you say, I mean, I guess we're we're running at fifty percent part of the LGBT community within the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I don't. I talk for everybody. Remember that. <laughs> That's true. No, um, no, no, no. <laughs> from the very outset, we've not made any editorial decisions about who comes on, have we? True. No. Yeah, we true. just people come on, and I guess that I've always been led by you because I, in my head, I think of you as that I am guided by your perspective on this issue, and I think for me, I think it remains an issue that we need to address. I think it because yeah. it's. It reflects the changing nature of adoption, not necessarily the changing nature of society, but actually I think that as a community, they bring something very different to adoption and fostering that is not necessarily available within the wider society. So I think like, mm. um, so even tonight I was, I recorded, I don't know whether you know, I, you probably weren't looking in the podcast schedule. I recorded a podcast with a... Uh, what? Exactly. <laughs> as a schedule, a solo adopter who is a a gay man, a solo adopter, and I think that is just kind of like, wow, you know, yeah. that's. But within that, are we still saying there's still stigma and there's still there's still there's still question marks around that? I mean that. that well, I mean, don't get me wrong. There is, there is, there absolutely is, and I think that there's a long way to go. Um, I think when I say uh, it's regurgitated, what I mean is like the the focus on you know one two three you know if that's sibling group focused, we've done this before. Okay, there's a lot of money being spent on recruitment, as we know. You know we've talked about this a few times with you can adopt and what have you going on, um, you know in yeah. the nether regions of of all around. But I guess um, maybe maybe it's just because I'm old and cantankerous and yeah you know my children are older um i don't know i mean you know i think having lived this life for so long and it not being an issue for us i know it's an issue for some people i'm not saying it's not an issue for everybody but for us it's never been an issue we've never had any issues about our children having gay parents okay i know that's not everybody's story but that is my story um it it just to me seems you know seems like we should well, be working more inclusively. Absolutely. But I know that I've had comments on my Twitter feed where people have made absolutely shocking statements about mm. same-sex male adopters. Right. People you've had to block. People who I would, you know, not... Uh, and so I think that we still have a way to go. And I think that, as I say, I think that we need to find a diverse group of people mm. to meet the needs of children. Let's, you know... Let, I suppose you, do you see? Do we see that the uh, that that this week is about? Is it about the needs of children or is it about the needs of the community? Uh, and you could argue it both ways. But, or is it actually about the needs of the adoption agencies that actually they need to tap into new pools, new resources? Because actually, the the pool of ado of adopters from say heterosexual or same sex, not uh, yeah heterosexual adopters. Is reducing because the the you know the yeah. fertility fertility treatments getting better and people are reduced uh, getting smaller. So, is it is it about the needs of children? Is it about the needs of the industry? What is it actually about? 
I don't know. Good, it's a really good complicated question. question. I don't know either. And, you know, it's, it, it, to, to kind of reflect on what I've said, you know, this isn't me having a, a bash at the LGBTQIA plus community. This is me just... Are you sure it's not? Having my opinion. Mm. Yes, it is. I, I don't have an answer for that. Is there something to, else I can help with? Not, that's not my fight. Um, you know, there's still lots to be done. Of course there is. My days, you know, we still, you know, uh, you know, Pride, as an example, is getting bigger and bigger every year. You know, there's more yeah. events and more events. Smaller places are having these Pride events, etc. So there is a need um, for, you know, um, that kind of acceptance and, um, you know, um, inclusivity and all that sort of stuff. Um, all I'm saying is when it comes to the kind of theme around these weeks, you know, by all means have LGBT um, Adoption and Fostering Week, definitely. But let's look at, you know, some of the, some of the, the, the positives that are coming out of this. You know, we're now getting to a stage where these children are adults. I know this because I have two adults who have been brought up by gay dads. You know, let's focus on them. Let's let let's let them tell their story. Let's not, you know, um kind of uh glamorize adoption as as a as a you know a, a great um big you know I don't know way to be be to, to fulfill your life because, you know, whilst you know there's a lot of fulfillment in it it's, that's not what it's about it the, the rhetoric and the conversation and, and everything has changed and you know this should be about those children who are potentially going to be parented by same-sex couples not about the same-sex couple that are looking to fill of you know fill a void in the life or you know what have you and i talk i talk about that from experience you know yeah, I mean, go. but that's fair enough. We would talk about any community. I mean, I'm, I'm maybe I'm playing a bit devil, devil's advocate. You are. I went to I went to Pride in uh, Newcastle, which was great. I mean, oh, how just, much? You got lots of free gifts. <laughs> honestly, we had to take a wheelbarrow. Honestly, and uh, my youngest was like giddy. She thought her head was going to pop off. Uh, so we've a house is still festooned with rainbow lanyards and stickers and the like. <laughs> um, and I've got that water bottle that I need to keep me need to bring over to you. Um, oh, yeah. But for my view, it it. But that's recruit. It's recruitment. It's just fishing into a new pool of people, isn't it? And it's a significant yeah. group of people who have something really significant to offer. Because I think that mm. we talk, we think about the needs of children. I'm really conscious that, and this is sort of drawing on my own personal experiences, that some children don't need dads, and they don't need, or they don't need a mum, yeah. and they need something different. Um, and I think that this. You know that anything that brings a diverse pool of people to support the needs of children is a good thing. Now, can I ask you another question about the, you? You sent me an article, didn't you, from a magazine? Did I? Yeah, you you said, "Hot, oh, look, here's a here's some stats from uh, um, what's it oh, called? Oh yes, Pink News. Pink wow, News, yeah. Scott." I feel like my mind has been blown by being taken to that website, and I'll tell you for why. <laughs> right? You, if didn't, anyone want... you didn't go any further than the article, did you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> oh, you madman. You idiot. <laughs> I arrived a boy and left a man. Um, so firstly, thing, the first thing on the top of the advert is meet Ukrainian girls. <laughs> it's like Oh, really? Mad. Yeah, it's mad. Oh, and then I went down and I was like going, what are these adverts? Um, like, good doctor begs seniors to flush out bowels with this tip every morning. This is the maddest. Too much it's belly fat. It's just the maddest website in the world where it's got these really peculiar, like, uh, cookie links into really odd stuff. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. 
that to you. Anyway, I th- um, so that's that's this is the week. The week it is. Um, Scott, I'm, do you know where I'm going tomorrow, Scott? No, where are you going tomorrow, Al? I'm going to see the Beeb. Oh, is that tomorrow? I thought that was today. No, I'm going to see Auntie Beeb tomorrow. I am going oh. to. Um, I uh, I am sort of some researchers this moment where this researcher actually found the person she was looking for. So she was wanting to talk about fostering and adoption and the impact on fostering foster carers and adopters and the social work perspective on the cost of living crisis. Um, uh, okay. Uh-huh. And so, like, uh-huh. she said, oh, tell me a bit about yourself. I said, well, I've been an adopter. I've been a foster carer. I'm now a social worker and now, a, you know, I'm a registered manager of an adoption agency. And she went, oh, not adoption agency, foster care agency. And so I... Uh, what is really interesting, though, I put I mentioned that I'd done this on my um, Facebook page, and it was really intriguing to see some of the comments because I was a bit like, oh, well, yeah, yeah. And some people, it was just really fascinating because actually it really helped me under- perceive the actually impact of the cost of living. And I know it's maybe a bit different in Ireland and there's different pressures, but um, just actually it's when you've got children with additional needs, it just, it's not... It's not adoption per se or fostering per se, but it's actually it's about the needs of children and how they can pull families into hardship as well. Because I, I mean, I know your story is that you know that your capacity to work, you know, your physical capacity to work can be impacted by the needs of your children, even if they're yeah. not like you know, even if we're not talking about physical disabilities, we're talking about just you need to be on the end of the phone for school. You think your capacity. So actually. It was some someone I can't remember. I think it was Becky Poole on on the Facebook page. Mm. Just said actually, it's about you know the cost of transport for appointments. It's about the fact you can't work. It's about the fact that you're not available or you have to take a job that pays less. Yeah. Um, it's about all of these additional things. And I just thought, yeah, actually, when you think of it in those terms, because I, I think I was a bit cynical because I always get I am I do air towards cynicism about you know. Bleat, people bleating on going we can't adopt because we haven't got enough money I go, well yeah then maybe you shouldn't adopt but actually this is about families who are really feeling the nip because actually mm-hmm. their children need to be in a warm house and yes. they can't put the heat on all the time mm-hmm. um, so I, I just yeah really really interesting so I'm going to um, Millbank which is the BBC Westminster office which is really exciting oh. but I'm in London now is when which channel is this going to be on? I mean, I'm not looking to promote you, but you know, if I'm if it happened to be available <laughs> um, to watch the BBC, then well, I'm not sure I was paying that much attention. It was a, it's a politics live, and they're going to do um, they it's not live, so it's politics live. They're just going to pre-record an interview, and then they're going to get some clever, wise people to discuss. Yeah, the, to go like, no, that's not true. <laughs> who's that halfwit? Get that get that man sacked immediately. Um, oh, okay. And so, but I just thought that was really interesting, and I thought. Uh, what, what I also thought was really interesting was that they're not invited people. Out. Well, they might have not adopt, asked Adoption UK or, but again, yeah, I perhaps maybe I'm I'm the the face of adoption. Good You're grief. prolific. You're a prolific. Person. As my mother would say, I'm like dog muck. I get everywhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the only way. I can and you most of the time as well. Well, yeah, there is that. So on, yeah. on many levels, that's absolutely true. So it's been an absolutely action-packed week. I'm having a mad, mad march. Um, well, I, I was going to say because I saw that you um, you were tagged in a few things on the old Twitter. Um, you've been you've been they've allowed you to work with children this week. Yeah, I did, did have to bring my DBS, so don't worry. <laughs> um, I was invited to go. The University of Sunderland are doing a, doing some research into the experiences of Ukrainian children coming over the UK and joining schools. Right. Um, and so a friend of mine said, "Hey, are you free on this day?" And I went, "Well." I might be able to be free. And she said, 
we're just going to talk to some Ukrainian children. I said, well, my, I'll, I'll be honest, my Ukrainian is not good. Not great, no. Um, and she said, don't worry, we've got an interpreter. So that's fine. So I spent a day with some really about 15 Ukrainian children um, sort of in a comprehensive school. And they were just sort of sharing their experience of coming to a new school and some of the stuff that they'd experienced. Mm. And we used lots of art. So I think some of the pictures on Twitter, some of them interesting. Um, and if, yeah, so it, it was fascinating though, because actually it really made me think about how schools perceive, but what was really interesting, one of the things that came in, you that, that we were saying, well, what were you expecting? They're all going, well, we weren't expecting this. We go, oh. Well, what were you expecting? They're going, well, to be honest, we don't wear school uniforms. And so that's, it was really odd because these children have like come from war zones and then they're getting kind of pulled up in the corridors because their socks not long enough or they're the wrong colour or the ties are yeah. too short or whatever. <clears throat> so, Never but, mind. So they really good stuff. from a war foreign country to, you know, really the cake potentially temporarily while you know that's yeah. all getting sorted out is that, I, I mean seriously is that like is that real like it's what real pulled up on stuff like that when they've come from you know such a horrendous experience and we are pulling them up on stupid things like socks i'm not i, I know that's an example but you know well uh, yeah but it's kind of hard if you've got children all the other children are having play but you got yeah all right but Flipping Nora, man. You know, come on. What well, was one? So one of the children was telling this story about he's um they use Google. Have you are you familiar with Google Translate? So yeah, yes. Right. So they use Google. These this boy uses Google Translate, and um he's only he he keeps it in his outside pocket of his blazer, which he thinks is hilarious because it's a blazer. Like he's going like. I was expecting it to be like US high school. It's nothing like that. Um, oh, bless him. <laughs> yeah, it's like totally, yeah. He's supposed it's a to be a jock, you know. Yeah, and it's a County Durham comprehensive in, it, you know, it's, it's. I mean, I went through a County Durham comprehensive, so, it, you know, it's... it's oh, we know it must league. be bad. Oh, yeah, I am a, I'm a shining example of what can be produced. Um, did I tell you I was the head, I was the head boy at my school? Do you know that? They were scraping the barrel then. It's it a very poor year. <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah, I think they probably... I mean, we used to have this big wooden board where they put all the names. I've never been back to see if they put my name up. They maybe had an accident that year and just chiselled it out. Yeah, or, something, I think. or it's gone in years after with MBE on the ends. <laughs> I should go back and demand yeah, that they add should. it in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Actually, I might ask them that. Yeah. That's terrible. That's so vainglorious, isn't it? Um, but this boy had been in trouble because he wasn't allowed to keep his his, um, his phone in his outside pocket. He had to keep it on his inside pocket. And he was going, yeah. but why? He was like going, what difference? It's in it's in a pocket. And it was just some of this stuff. So, And there was other stuff as well. So there, um, we're, we're going to do a conference in, uh, oh, we need to, a date in it, I think probably mid-June for, for educators and just around to kind of helping them sort of make sense of stuff we can do with children mm. which is really really interesting <clears throat> well, it's, there it's, you go. It, it, I mean it's interesting actually thinking like looking at the Ukrainian kind of thing with schools because you know Jacob has a couple of um, Ukrainian uh, counterparts in his year at school um, you know their their grasp of English is, is limited um, you know they're kind of supported um but i did a i did a i went to a, a secondary school not so long ago actually where we did a talk on fasd 
for what is called here transition year. So that's a year between, so here they do a year between, an optional year between uh, GCSE equivalent year and then A-level equivalent yeah. year. Um, so you can either go straight from GCSE equivalent to A-level equivalent. So that's junior cert to leaving cert. You can either go straight there or you can have a year in the middle where you do a transition year. It's kind of a socially vocational kind of year where you do this, that, and the next. And you go on trips, you know, you might go to the theatre or you might go and watch a show or you do a bit of fundraising, you you know, you yeah. kind of do all that sort of stuff. So anyway, um, we went to talk to this transition year. I think it was about 40 kids. So it was two classes brought together. Um, we did a two-hour chat with them about FASD and, you know, uh, talk, explained all the ins and outs of it with them. And there was four boys on the front row. And afterwards, um, I spoke to a teacher and I said, you know, I said, I'm not being funny, but I said, you know, kind of interaction from the, the front row wasn't that great. And he said, yeah, they don't speak any English. They're from the Ukraine. <laughs> of course, I'm like, oh, my God. Um, and it's really it's, it's it's a tough gig for them um, for them you know it didn't, it didn't make the slightest bit of difference for me because I didn't know I just thought that oh, they but weren't you, interested enough for you to and complain about them. No, cause and he get said, them into trouble know, can I have those no, four lads no, out he, in the front and detention up. for the lot of them did not do that it was very funny <laughs> it's only because he asked me and he was sat at the back of the classroom and we were sat at the front of the classroom so I could see what was going on um but I just thought it's. It, I mean, it's really interesting. I don't know about in the UK, but certainly here in Ireland, up to now, you know, they're not able to work. You know, they come. Some of the, some of the Ukrainians have come here with, um, you know, qualifications. Doctors, as an example, you know, the mm. health service here is just as bad as the UK at the minute. You know, in terms of being under so much pressure. Um, so we've got GPs or doctors from the Ukraine who aren't allowed to practice in Ireland because they've not got the right papers and, yeah. you know, they're not allowed to work and all that sort of stuff. And it's so, you know, it's, it's such a tough time for them. And, you know, Ireland keeps on, keeps on, I say keeps on taking um, Ukrainians here. You know, the the population of Ukrainians keeps on growing here, you know, because people are still coming. Yeah. Um, yeah. They haven't, they haven't closed it down, you know, and, you know, and, and, the county that we, where we live alone you know there's been a lot of discussions about where they're staying you know there's a tent village being put up for them in the middle of winter this is a couple of months ago in the middle of winter for you know Oof. it's just not if you haven't got the capacity to be able to take them you shouldn't be taking them effectively if you've not got housing if you've not got you know a proper concrete well concrete you well, know what i mean you know yeah i've got bricks and mortar and heating to be able to you know, make oh, them comfortable, then you should. So it's it's so hard for them. Um, yeah. And, you know, I don't see it ending anytime. No. Soon, and some of the, um, you just remind me there as you're talking about children, and a lot of the children um, talking to like, you know, 14, 15 year olds who sort of just entering into their GCSE years. Mm. Um, uh, uh, like it's trying to, it is like hammering square pegs in round holes in the sense that yep. they've come through with very different educational systems. So mm. they have, um, they don't choose subjects at 14, 15, whatever it is, your 10, is that 9, 10? Um, they do all their subjects through to their, like they have like a general, all their, they do all their exams for all their subjects. Um, but then they don't have sixth form, they don't have a college system. So you start then in you you university degrees five years. I'm probably getting this wrong, but it's like university degree starts then. So some children do with like half a degree or some children, so it just... They're just the two systems are totally non-compatible. Yeah, totally so there's, yeah. so there's children who might get GCSEs. They'll here, 
Uh, but again, they're then coming and having to learn it, do English and learn about Keats yeah. in a second language. Um, I was talking to one um, one host, and he was saying, um, he was saying by Thursday, this you've got a fifteen year old who's doing GCSE English and learning about Keats in a language that's not their own language. And he said by the Thursday, she can she just is physically exhausted. I can imagine um, because she's also trying to she's doing her. Ukrainian studies. She so she's to save that problem in the future. She's also doing full right. education in Ukraine at the same time. So she's like doing two sets of school, just so that she wow. doesn't fall out of sync. And yeah. you kind of go flames and brimstone. This stuff is just. I mean, school's hard enough as it is, but to, yeah. And there was the kids talking about you know sort of some bullying that experienced. You know, kids mm. shouting things at them, and you go, oh. Really, hard. I mean, the school was fantastic, doing a really good job and doing the best they can. But that some schools not as good, and yeah, yeah, really, really complicated. And and we know that. I mean, we were talking about the adoption reference group this week and about how the we always come back to education because it's just yes. such a challenge every like single time, yeah, every single time, like clockwork. Yeah, and um, so so speaking of that, and you know, I don't live in the UK, as you know. Uh huh. Um, and. There's apparently a certain prime minister has made a statement about refugees this week, and what's 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 the crack with that? Oh well, because I, I know I, that you, the agency you work for, does a lot of work with migrants, doesn't it? Yeah, well, we work with the unaccompanied asylum-seeking children, and um, we've got approximately we 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 care for about twenty-nine just under 30 young people from all across the world. Uh, and I think it's really, it's heart, it's absolutely heartbreaking. And whether you are, wherever you are on the political spectrum, they're children. And in law, under the Borders and Immigration Act, Section 55, if you want me to get technical, um, I know la-di-da, crikey. I've just got a good memory. I'm not I just thought you chopped wood. I didn't realise you knew all the ins and outs. Oh, of if only book. I could chop wood for a living. Um, uh, the... Those children, any child who comes to the UK and is seeking asylum, uh, it gets gets access to all the rights of a UK citizen, a child. Um, but what we're saying, and even on the podcast, we had um, Ahmed who came on a few, uh, I think mm. probably eighteen months ago, and told his stories, experience of becoming, you know, getting to the UK, trafficked in the UK, you know, just yeah. literally. He was a child; he's fourteen, and he just goes where he's told, and someone plopped him on the train so now we're saying that the the consequence of the latest government kind of issue edict is if you arrive illegally you will not get citizenship you will not get leave to remain um and just the levels of stress and you know we work with we've got you know we've probably seen hundreds of children we also foster some children who've who experienced and um you know obviously being discreet but uh, yeah a lot of times you know if you think of you know like for a good good example would be the Ukraine. So you've got Ukraine, which is a, a huge outpouring of empathy from us as a community and, you know, across the mm. world. Uh, we've got children, we've got boys who've come from Eritrea. And so Eritrea is in a civil war um, of comparable length and viciousness as Ukraine. But no one's really, people know, but they don't know in the same way. It's not on our yeah. tellies every night. And... Children, boys of 16, 15, 16 are conscripted into the army. So families are saying, right, we'll put pool every penny we've got and we'll get our kid out of Eritrea. Yeah. And some of the, when you look at the, it's, I mean, I'm going to bore you a bit with statistics here, something like 86% of all refugees go to the next country along. 
Yeah. And then, so this notion that like people, like 15 year old boys in Eritrea are going, I tell you what, we'll all crack off to England. They'll go to the nearest safe place. And for some young people, they may have a distant cousin or an aunt, you know, someone really distant in the UK and they'll just go, we'll go there and they stop when they feel safe. And you go, we've got, we've had boys who've experienced all kinds of things. And you just think this is an awful combative situation and the numbers, they sound like a lot of numbers, but they're not in terms of population. So I feel really hacked off with all that. So I'm going to go and shake my fist yeah. at Parliament yeah. when I walk past. <laughs> yeah, another do. thing. I mean, it's been an interesting few weeks in terms of what's so the way things are portrayed in the UK. Okay, so let me just explain what I mean by that. So everything is put down to the 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 kind of impression that was made in, uh, after Brexit. So let me give you an example. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, there was a, a lack of uh, certain fruits for salads. So tomatoes being one of the things, you know, Excellent. they were selling sell on the black market for hundreds of pounds for six or whatever. Um, but can I just say, that was also the same in Ireland. And Ireland is still part of the EU, right? It's nothing to do with Brexit. This is to do with the, the weather and where these tomatoes are growing. I can't right? believe we've got to Brexit now. <laughs> We're on thin <laughs> ice, mate. We're on really thin ice. <laughs> but this is, this is the thing. Um, so, But I think that this this there was, there's an interpretation of what people voted for when we, you know, let's, let's be honest, when we voted for Brexit, because, Brexit, sorry, when we voted... In the referendum, let's not say we voted for Brexit because that would be just be no. But you know, I mean, when when we did the referendum, when we voted in the referendum, okay, yes, there was an issue. Um, you know, certainly where I lived, it was it was kind of you know in the fans at that point. You know that mm -hmm. I think three of the highest areas that voted to leave the EU were in that area. Okay, um, in in the voting area, should I say? So three out of ten were in that kind of. Uh, geographical area um but what i'm finding interesting is that the 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 need and the want by the majority not by all but by the majority of uk with people was to kind of limit the number of people that were coming into country not to stop things like this so not to say well if you come over on a boat you shouldn't be here that's not what it was about it was about the government's lack of uh, restrictions and rules and regulations and you know the borders and all that sort of stuff so when stuff like this is happening and I, have, I I confess to not having watched a lot of news in the last four weeks and to be honest my life is so much better for it I have to be perfectly frank with you but picking up on these things when this sort of thing is said and you know for it to be put on Twitter as direct as it was yesterday oh. um, from a man who's supposedly running the country it's just ridiculous. Now, I don't think the majority of people in the UK want that or feel like that, but it's just been interpreted, interpreted, interpreted in a way that's just ridiculous and, and obscene. If I'm honest, well, there's bigger. It feels like there's bigger fish to fry. It's that it's that whole dead cat theory, isn't it? That you can change the narrative um, by you know, if you dump a dead cat in the middle of the kitchen table, then we all we're all talking about the dead cat not the issues that we need to be talking about. And it feels yeah, like a bit yeah. of a dead cat issue. Um, yeah. So, but so it, does this podcast, to be honest with you. Well, no, it, <laughs> but I mean... People are going to be going and, you know, going to the kitchen drawer getting a knife out. Uh, <laughs> don't even joke. Um, it's like cheery. But no, I just think for us as uh, working with it, like with children who you kind of go, oh, this is great, you know, but actually these are, these are children. And 
there's all the complexities of um, uh, culture and stuff around that. So you've got, you know, you've got 15 year old boys who are doing everything in their powers to make themselves look 25. Yeah. Um, so that they are safe. And you've got culturally, you've got 16 year olds who in their culture, uh, you know, in their culture are men, but now we've bring them here and we, we say, actually, you're a child now. Yeah, you're a child. Yeah, yeah. So it's really complicated. But on the whole, I think that 90 99% of the children and young people that we work with are absolutely genuine and there's no subterfuge there. They have mm. just found that, that half of them don't know what the heck's happening. You know, you get literally with a first warm bed that they get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they just go to sleep for days and days and days and mm. we have all kinds of stories. We should actually get not, someone on, shouldn't but I? But let's, let's also, yeah, yeah, we should actually. And I let's should not get, get one, I'll get one of my colleagues yeah. to come on who knows, actually yeah. knows what they're talking about. Yeah, that'd be good, just uh, for a change. Um, and we shouldn't underestimate the trauma that they've been through either. You know, we are, we're constantly talking about trauma um, with within our community. What about the trauma these people have experienced? Uh-huh. You know, coming from you know, seeing their homes and their cities and their towns attacked by you know all this. Uh, I mean, it's re- that has to be with you for life. Absolutely yeah. has to be with you. And loss life. of your family. Lo- uh, just yeah. yeah, it's it's outrageous. And their children. Yeah. And on that bombshell, no. Um, well, no. I feel like we need to lighten the mood a bit. Um. Do that. N- Sing do, a song. Uh, uh, shall I? I've got a limerick. Juggling. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, juggling. I've taken up juggling again. You know. Did I tell you that? <laughs> you could have filled me this week, <laughs> or sorry, <laughs> this last. Ten days. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's crazy, crazy busy. Um, we're going on holiday, though, aren't we? We are going to go on holiday in April. Easter holidays. <laughs> said, oh, I have no idea he's, where he's, we're going. It's put on every platform possible to try and make sure that he's going on holiday. <laughs> yeah, I am going on holiday. I've promised myself I'm going on holiday at the Easter holidays. I have no idea where though, so it's a bit of an adventure. Yeah, and uh, I've thought we, when we do on when we're on holiday, Scott, what we should do is we should do a podcast about holidays. That's what oh, we should do. Oh. About yeah. the challenges of going on holiday when you're a parent of children with complex additional needs. <laughs> that it would be fantastic. That would be like the snake eating itself. And it's also interesting because I'm not going to have, about going on the way things are at the moment, I'm not going to have any children with me. Wowzers. But I can refer back to the last holiday, which I'm just back from, as you know. Uh, with with great insights into going on holiday with young oh, people yes. and adults and yeah, anything, anything like that. Um, but yes, uh, fingers crossed, we are going away. Excellent, and it'll be in- it will be interesting. It'll be interesting vibes. It will be, it will be. So there you go. Well, I think we should probably call that quits, and um, yeah. we are got. You're boring me now, so yeah. No, that's fine. We've got lots of interesting podcasts coming up, so um, I hope people will enjoy them. We've oh, got... we do. We do. We have shed loads coming up, to be got fair. Sunflower Man. Oh, yes. Sunflower <laughs> Paul, as he's affectionately known. Yeah. Well, so, I call him Eyeball Paul, but yeah. yeah. So the Sunflower Landyards, the man who kind of um, got that ball rolling, that's cool. We've yeah. got um, Adoption UK. I'm going to – but here's maybe a question, If and if anyone's on – on the Facebook, if you want to give us an answer to this question, I'll go with whatever someone says. Do you think we should put out for questions for Emily from Frith. Uh, for Emily Frith from I should know her name. 
I told you, I'll tell that story on the podcast, how I've ruined my understanding of who she is. Um, mm-hmm. Emily Frith from Adoption UK, who's the new CEO, we, we chatted with her today and she's more than happy to come on. And we, I think we should put out for questions. Do you think we should put out for questions? I think, um, <clears throat> I, well, <laughs> here's my thing. Here's my thing. Um, we... So Hugh, we knew when we started the podcast, Hugh Thornbury, CBE, old time friend of the show. So he just yeah. came on because he was... We told him old. to. Yeah. Um, then Sue came along. So Sue um, Armstrong Brown, and it was almost part of her induction to come on the podcast. She was in it? within about three days, wasn't she? She, 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 wasn't she? Um, in fact, I was, I let Hugh interview her because she was my boss and I didn't really of think that was appropriate. Yes. Of course she um, and now we're at Emily, and I I don't know. I'm thinking perhaps it would be an opportunity to allow the first half of the interview to be just about where she sees the organisation going and then maybe a few questions. Um, however, I think given it's her first interview with us, I think we need to give her the, the time of day just to lay okay. our stall out and see where so we So half go. and half. Yeah. Half um, half. Um, but in the future, if she comes on again, as Sue did, and as you did, actually, um, yeah, you know, we might open up to questions. That's not me saying we don't want to ask questions, because we will always ask the questions that people potentially are asking. But it's just saying, let's give her a, you know, let's give her the first 12 months to. Yeah, so we'll go half and half. Yeah, I see. That's why okay. I, I vote Good. for that. But other people might vote differently. No, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Okie dokie. Right, let's get going. Um, I'm off. I'm going to have cauliflower cheese for my tea. So that's oh. something I'm really oh. looking forward to. Oh. Yeah. It was in the whoops aisle. Excellent. Boom. Oh, lovely. Yeah. It's, um, the whoops aisle at Waitrose, M&S? Where? Um, Tottenham, oh. High, Tottenham High Road, Sainsbury's. Oh, Saint- Ooh, Sainsbury's one. <laughs> well, do you know, my, I, you know that I only go to Sainsbury's because I like the colours. <laughs> Paula goes mad No idea. Make me feel happy. Is it orange? It is orange. To guess. There you go. Excellent. Oh, well done, you. Congratulations. Make sure you have yeah. a bit of bread to dip in it as well. I have. I bought some bread. Yeah. Oh, your IBS is going to be playing you up tomorrow, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. And on that bombshell, literally. Yeah. Bon Jovi. <laughs> okay. Anchovy. <laughs>